I have used a lot of commerce platforms in the past. By far, the most robust is Shopify. No matter how complex your business needs and no matter how large your business grows, Shopify can handle it. And they do handle it for brands like Rothy's, Ruggable, Allbirds, Knox, Magnolia, Brooklinen, Glossier, and Cotton, to name a few. You may already use another e-commerce platform and you may be super unhappy with it, but you've already put a lot of work into it and migrating to Shopify could seem impossible. But I'm here to tell you that it is quite easy. When I migrated to Shopify back in 2022, their apps and tools meant I just had to make a few clicks and everything was ported over as if by magic. Shopify also lets you design your storefront however you like, which from personal experience I know isn't the case for many other commerce platforms out there. All these features and all this control can result in more sales more often. So stop leaving sales on the table, switch your business to Shopify today, and discover why millions trust Shopify as their all-in-one commerce platform to build, grow, and run their businesses. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial at shopify.com forward slash practical, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com forward slash practical, shopify.com forward slash practical. Welcome back to Practical Stoicism. I'm your host, Tanner Campbell, and in the words of Frosty the Snowman, happy birthday. That's right. Yesterday was this podcast's birthday. One year ago yesterday, or I guess how years work, it might be one year ago today. I don't know. Leap years throw everybody off. I started Practical Stoicism as a once-weekly show with no listeners, and today, one year and two million downloads later, there are weekly episodes special weekend segments like Practical Stoicism and soon Practical Buddhism, as well as a 365-day Stoic journaling program and a vibrant Discord community and fireside chats and discussions every week and hundreds of thousands of you, which is mind-blowing. To celebrate, you might have noticed that the artwork for the podcast is different. A couple of months ago, I thought about the idea of changing the artwork every year. And I kind of like that idea. I like it for two reasons. One, it allows me to refresh the look a little bit, and that's always cool. And second, it gives me an opportunity to work with really talented, cool, fun artists in our Discord community, in our Stoicism community at large. This podcast artwork was created by Original Randy, who you can find at OriginalRandy.com. And working with this guy was an absolute pleasure. He was patient, obviously talented and really good at helping to make sense of my vague instructions about what I thought would be cool. So I hope you like the artwork, and if you don't, you can wait another year and you might like the next one. Today we do not have a meditation, instead we have a question from a listener. It's a good one, I think, to follow the recent conversation with Leonidas Konstantikos. It's from Aslak, and I apologize if I've said your name wrong, Aslak, I hope I didn't, and here it is. What's Stoicism's opinion on self-defense in general? Whence is it okay to harm somebody else in protection of either yourself, your belongings, or another person? What does the philosophy kind of say about that? To condone violence is a hard thing to do in modern society. No one seems to think it is ever the appropriate response to anything, ever. But if the world has bad actors— which it does, who are looking to do harm regardless of your willingness to fight back, which they are, 
it is extremely likely that your willingness to fight back is the only thing that can stop such people from exerting too much influence in the world. If a tyrant rises to power in your country and begins killing those who disagree, imprisoning dissidents, or removing the rights of certain people and reducing them to second-class citizens, the response to this very likely cannot be an intellectual one. But rather than wax philosophical on something large-scale, like the examples I just gave, perhaps we should focus on when it is appropriate for you, a regular person with probably not any significant authority or power or influence in the world, to respond violently to the actions of others. First, let's get the law out of the way. The Stoics would not have told us that the yardstick by which we measure moral or immoral action is the law of man. And for the Stoics, this would have been particularly true due to the fact that few men, if any, are infallible enough to get laws even close to being virtuous. And remember, in Stoicism, virtue is the only good. For Zeno, who was, by the way, a utopian anarchist, which does not mean what it means today. And please, please, please don't make the mistake of thinking it does. You can Google this and learn more. I'll put a link in the show notes, but the anarchy of Zeno is not the anarchy of today's anarchists. Anyway, Zeno would have told us that everything must be reasoned at the point of deciding. So the law isn't guiding us in making this decision because the question isn't, how do you legally respond with violence? It's, how do you virtuously respond with violence? If someone breaks into your house, here in the U.S., in the state of Florida, for example, there's something called the Castle Law, or there used to be. I think there still is. And whether or not that person who's breaking into your house is armed or unarmed, you can shoot them dead. They, in fact, don't even have to be in your house. They can be in your backyard or your front yard or your side yard or, you know, on your sidewalk. And that is legal. But again, that is a different statement than that is virtuous. So we are necessarily working outside of the laws of man as we enter into the exploration of this question. What do the Stoics tell us very early on about control? That there are things we do control and things we do not control. Things that are up to us and things that are not up to us. They go on to say that it is a logical mistake, that is to say a mistake of logic, and therefore not virtuous, to believe you can control something you cannot. So the first step in assessing whether or not you should respond violently to a situation, at least in my opinion as a stoic prokoptan, not a sage, not a master over here, just a guy who's been practicing and has some thoughts and runs this podcast, is to ask yourself whether or not you are trying to control something outside of your control. Are you about to hit someone for being a jerk? If so, can you stop a person from being a jerk by hitting them or from being a jerk in an ongoing capacity by hitting them? Are another person's attitudes or thoughts in your control? No. So hitting them isn't about stopping them because hitting them won't stop them. Hitting them will just make you feel something you probably mistakenly believe is justice or bravery, but it's not. In fact, it is poor logic. You've physically assaulted someone in an attempt to control something that you can't. That is not a virtuous application of violence. But what if they are insulting your mother or your partner or your child? Well, do insults hurt? Not according to the Stoics. Remember, the only thing that can really hurt us in the sense of Stoic hurt is if it damages, degrades, or otherwise corrupts is probably the best word, corrupts our virtue. 
According to the Stoics, when someone calls you a big weenie, or a worse name that I guess I just won't say on this podcast, and your feelings are hurt as a result, you're assenting to the impression that hearing a certain arrangement of words directed at you is actually hurtful. But it's not. You are choosing to let those words affect you and drive you into a full-blown passion, or pathé, where you are not thinking clearly, or in modern parlance, you are seeing red. Okay, but what if someone is about to hit you, or is about to hit your partner or child? Here, we may still have more to consider than you think, but let's start with the obvious. Are they hitting you for no reason? Are they just violent animals looking to do harm because they are a vicious person? The answer to that question could be yes. And if it is, well then, in this case, you're very likely obligated as a moral actor to intervene in this dispreferred outcome. That is to say, the dispreferred outcome that is about to be made manifest by this person hitting you or your friend or your partner or your kid. Protecting others from violence through violence seems appropriate. But maybe that isn't true all the time. What if your child calls another child a fat cow and that child punches your child in the face with their little eight-year-old sized fist? Should you intervene in that if you see it's about to happen? Well, you can't hit a child in order to protect your child because it's not appropriate for adults to hit children. And I don't mean it's not legal, I mean it's not appropriate. And you might be saying, in most cases? And I would repeat, yes, in most cases. Because if you're in a war and a child soldier is pointing a gun at you and is perhaps going to shoot and kill you, you might be given more cause to pause and think about what is or isn't appropriate in that specific situation. But for the sake of argument, in most cases... I think we'll all agree it's not appropriate behavior. Again, we're not talking about legal. We're talking about appropriate for an adult to hit a kid. Okay, but certainly you can intervene physically and pull the children apart, right? That's appropriate. Well, I don't know. Do you think it's appropriate for your child to experience a punch in the face for being unkind to another child? Is that a lesson one child can teach another? I mean, how much physical damage can two eight-year-olds really do to each other? Certainly, the emotional impact of such a thing is greater than the physical in this fictitious example. Is there a lesson to be learned here if you don't intervene? And if so, does that make intervening inappropriate? Well, I don't know. Only you could really answer that. You could also say, if you don't intervene, that the retaliating child might be encouraged in the future to believe that hitting in response to insult is appropriate. They are a child, after all. Their faculties are not yet fully formed. All I'm saying here is that there's more to think about than perhaps first appears to be the case. Parenting is probably very hard. I'm not a parent myself, but I would imagine parenting is hard, especially stoic parenting. And it might seem like I'm beating around the bush, and I am a little bit, because it is difficult to be prescriptive in stoicism. And I've talked about this before, although I've never mentioned Zeno's utopian anarchism. I have said that things need to be reasoned at the point of their happening and that context really matters. So it's hard to say this is the rule of Stoicism, this is what Stoicism says you should do, because that's not how the Stoics worked. That's not how Stoicism works. However, as difficult as it is to be prescriptive in Stoicism, I think that violence is only the right answer when it prevents the abuse of someone whom cannot protect themselves, and only when you are actually capable of protecting them, and when you're in the appropriate role to protect them. It's appropriate, for example, for a parent to protect their child, for a man or woman to protect their partner, etc. There may be instances where it's inappropriate for you to protect someone. 
For example, perhaps two of your very good friends are having a fight. Perhaps it is not appropriate for you to get into the middle of that. But as is so frequently the case in all things stoic, it depends on the situation, and you must always assess things for yourself. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Practical Stoicism. I hope you enjoyed it and got something out of it. It would mean a lot to me if you're enjoying this show, if you would review it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify Podcasts. And if you'd like to get rid of ads, you can do so at stoicism.supercast.com for just $6 a month. I appreciate the support. Thank you again for listening, and until next time, take care. Take care.